tell them here and let them be Well, I got something deep inside of me I can't hide it anymore It needs to be so free There's no Welcome to the show. Uh, my guest is entering the belly of the beast for the first time. Uh, her name <laughs> is uh, Mira Menon, and she is a film director <laughs> and television director. Hello. It's true. Hello, yeah. Dave. Thanks for coming uh, to my house. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you, I'm going to loosen up the nerves a little bit, um, just, you know, because you're not, you don't do too many. So I'm all nerves. You don't do too many interviews, though um, you have a lot of credits that you've done interviews for, such as, I'll name them, why not? Yeah. Uh, you've directed Farrah Goes Bang. That was your kind of feature debut. Yep. I did some interviews when we had that movie out. Yeah, it's and true. then that uh, that blew up the Tribeca scene, if I remember. Yep, yep. And then that led to your next directing job which was on equity uh-huh. starring it was a job <laughs> my, wow okay yeah we're getting yeah. into it uh yeah. starring my girl anna gunn from breaking bad the best uh and then since then you've directed pretty much any episode of television on air at any time <laughs> that's what it feels <laughs> Not... like but then like there are so few people like friends of mine that like i think i have watched anything that i've done <laughs> But, but you, I feel like I've done a, a it's handful. a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I it's like every show. Yeah. Um yeah. the the one I, I will note because I have seen and I like a lot is Glow. Glow. That's the one all my that, friends have seen. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the, that's probably the most famous credit <laughs> yeah. of the like eighty yeah. eighty thousand credits you've had. In my world, in my like kind of peer group, but like I worked on The Walking Dead and I will say like I think that's like when on like when I'm on go on Twitter and stuff, like that's it's very apparent to me that that is the biggest show I've worked on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, got a, a rabid following on, on social media. It's and really whatnot. intense. Yeah, and just like the kind of level of security around like the details of that show, like was a lot more than I've experienced on any other show. Oh, because to avoid spoilers. Yeah, um, which they can't help do. They can't help because like they have extras all the time, and there's just spoilers. There's spoilers all the time, but they have a pretty rigorous system to try and clamp down on it you know um i i feel like you're pretty <laughs> warm and comfortable uh to tell your story but uh i i was gonna share a fun fact uh that my i've yeah because i you know we've so like many of my relationships um uh, it's through my wife Jin, uh <laughs> Friend of the show, past episode guest, uh, check her out. Friend of the pod. Friend of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, we we're friends through films and stuff. And, you know, we've checked out your stuff. You've checked out our stuff yeah. back and forth. And uh, I was trying to do a little, I feel like you're already warm and ready to go, but I was going to say my favorite mispronunciation of your last name uh, is Maynon. Maynon? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, because that kind yeah. of sounds like a mythical, like, kind of Greek, like, creature. A Maynon. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't even think of it that way. I just I just remember there was, like, a Q&A that you did 
that we went to and then the the person who I'll not name because I like the person uh, okay, he's, he's yeah, 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 yeah. good person yeah he's a good person I think and then he just butchered your last name so yeah. bad but like I don't even know that's funny it's like I never notice when people mess up my name because I feel like when you're an, a kid of immigrants or you have a like a weird name in America like it just is like I don't expect people to say my name correctly so I just like tune out whenever they're about to say my sure. name so I don't like internalize it I get yeah and I, then I think the shocking thing to me is when I go to India and like people say my name right like I feel like there's always a moment at the airport where like they look at my passport custom official looks at my passport and they say my name right and it just is one it's like a it's like this like kind of micro hug like oh like I belong here <laughs> people just know my but, name when they read it <laughs> is it is it Menon it's Menon yeah oh so I did do it right okay yeah yeah no you you nailed it and that's the thing is like I I don't yeah I just don't even expect I think I even say my name wrong sometimes because I'm used to the way other people <laughs> say it or like I've, I've done that know. yeah <laughs> not to not not that it's about me, but like I, I, <laughs> I've said my name wrong purposely my most of my adult life. Really? How have you said it? Because like, okay, so so Ngo is a very hard pronunciation is that for how me. You say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like the sound with the end and the G in Vietnamese is. It's, it's just hard. It's specific. Yeah. It's like the R in in Spanish. Right. Like right. With the with the little with the rolling the, the rolling R like it's, it's yeah, just some yeah. people just can't do it right if they it's, if their like mouths weren't formed to speak that yeah, way yeah yeah it's like a sort of a cultural like if you just didn't grow up learning yeah. the the accents that way it's just really hard to do so then I just say no yeah that's what I thought it was <laughs> but that's not how you say it that that makes not, sense not not like, technically yeah, yeah but like just to save right like to save time or to just be like yeah yeah right. yeah you're right yeah right yeah. right just like kind of anglicize it for you know because we're we're just we're just trying to survive yeah yeah it's just like let's just country. yeah let's just move on past like you checking my name and let like let's yeah, just go exactly yeah. Yeah. get to know who i am yeah exactly so I've, been, I've certainly been guilty of it too yeah um, yeah but it's quietly wounding us <laughs> to not have our name said correctly. It, it's yeah, true. it's yeah, yeah. I get that too. I guess it's like a slow burn yeah. To- yeah, it's torture a kind. Slow burn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, so this will be fun uh, because I mean, you're a storyteller. You've told a lot of stories. Uh, you've told a lot of different stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I think it's hard to tell stories out loud, though. I think that's like a tradition that's definitely getting lost. And I'm not I've never been super comfortable with it because I'm definitely more of an observer. But um, but I think it's a really fun kind of concept to revive because that is the way that's the OG storytelling mode. Right. It's like right. sitting around in circles. And, like, that's talking. right. That's right. So for. <laughs> yeah. So for the person who's used to telling visual stories. Yeah. Of zombies and pro wrestlers and yeah. uh, the world of wall street yeah and uh uh three women campaigning yeah uh for is it john Kerry? it was john Kerry. yeah it's off like, the top i like how it went from zombies to like political campaigning. yeah that was <laughs> like... off the, that was off the top i didn't yeah. even research I know, anything so about good. you 
it's all, all off really memory. Impressive, Dave. Yeah. I really appreciate. Thank you. I shouldn't have <laughs> said that. standing. I shouldn't <laughs> have so said hard. that. I did no research, and that was just off memory. Or is that better? <laughs> no, it's better. That actually okay. makes me feel like we're really friends, which we <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, but it's really funny because, like, yeah, I think the reason I'm interested in be, the reason I've always wanted to be a filmmaker is I just feel like my life is very boring, and like I do exist. I like enjoy existing in these like imaginative spaces because. Um, I'm kind of a quiet, I mean, like, I'm kind of a mellow kind of person, and I don't have, like, a crazy kind of past, or I've never been, like, a super, I I don't have, like, I don't have crazy stories, like, I'm sure, like, Jin actually has some crazy, like, I feel like that, that, like, my, the reason I've always, like, been drawn to filmmaking was to, like, kind of have a, kind of surrogate kind of like to experience adventure in this kind of surrogate kind of position. Hmm. but yeah, but as a result, like the story that I was going to share is kind of more about like it actually what it just reveals is kind of how boring of a person I am. And uh, and and I hope that that will suffice. <laughs> I think uh, that's going to be a good look behind the curtain. Yeah, because well, we'll find out because, you know, there's maybe a generalization of like uh, a very acclaimed director being manic or crazy or, or yeah uh, off it's the rails it's a problem actually i think i need to develop more of a like crazy persona to be taken more seriously i think yeah so we'll <laughs> creatively and artistically maybe so we'll take this story you, what you have to help me do is take this story and turn it into something a little more exciting than it is <laughs> all right we'll do we'll do well it, i'm sure it'll be great uh, but we'll in the follow-up maybe we'll yeah. Brainstorm. Just, like, just workshop it a bit. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, maybe we'll do a fictional yeah, version. Yeah. I've never really done that on on a recording of a right. podcast where you just... Like a long-form improv. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, it's usually just an actual, like, earnest right. conversation with right. someone about their personal right. experiences. Right. But, but yeah, you know. It's, for, a, it's, a, it's an approach. For the, for the Mira uh, Manon fans out there, maybe they will, will like that. Will like that. Yeah, my dad. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I mean, that kind of ble- kind of uh, bridges nicely into kind of what the story really is. Which to me, it's actually just more of a confession of something that happened when I was sixteen Ooh. that I've like never really been on the record with my parents about. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's already good. Not boring. It's already at all. good. Yeah. Right. Not so, boring like, at all. Yeah. When I was sixteen, it was like the summer after my junior year of high school, and I had just switched to a private school from being. I had moved around a bit as a kid. We were, I grew up in New Jersey, went to public school there my, until like eighth grade, and then my family moved to Florida for two years. I went to a prep school in Florida for two years, but it was still, um, it was, that was a whole other surreal kind of like experience of like kind of living in South Florida and with a bunch of like retired people from the North and their grandkids. And it was just very different from like my upbringing in New Jersey. But then we moved back to New Jersey and the public high school in my town that I had grown up with wasn't super great and so my parents sent me to this really nice private school for junior and senior year so I was a new kid in school but it was really like my introduction this was like an elite like private like northeast new england like northeastern private school and it was like definitely my entrance into like that kind of privileged space and I was kind of taking I started kind of taking notes right away (laughs) like I was like you know, like I grew up in a like in my small town, like we were like like pretty well off. Like my mom's a doctor, but like she's a pediatric emergency physician. Like she wasn't like rolling in 
like a ton, like a ton, but like in, in the context of like my small town, we seemed like fancy people because my mom was a doctor. But then I went to this private school and I was like, oh, wait, these are the fancy people. Oh, okay. like, this is the privilege. This is like the, the daughter of like the guy that owns Revlon, like that level of like kind of oh, access and... That's pretty elite. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Like it was Got like it's it. right okay. outside of Manhattan. Like it was like a nice it was a nice private school, you know? Like my parents wanted me to get into those good schools and they, you know, took out loans and got me into this private school and it was like a, it was like a privilege a point of access and but I immediately started taking notes about like the way these kids lived their life and wanted to do everything they did. Like I wanted to go on the like Caribbean vacations with, you know, and to St. Barts and like and one of the things that like um, I saw like my f- the friends I was starting to make and want and yeah. like kind of trying I was trying to make I saw what they were doing they were going to like these fancy summer camps <clears throat> and um, one of which was like a Shakespeare camp at Cambridge University in England and and it was obviously something you had to buy into to like send your kids to and I like begged my parents and kind of like you know like basically kind of angsted over it and pled the case that like this was kind of not only something that would look good on my resume you know because I wanted to do I wanted to study literature and art and be like you know all those things early on and um and I convinced them it was something that was worth me going to and and really like I mean all all it was was like kind of this this I mean it was a it was a great program I mean like you were going to be able to stage like a production of Shakespeare and like get to go live and like in you know on on this beautiful campus for for a month and in the sorry at London in, in at Cambridge yeah in Cambridge University in uh, in Cambridge England yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I don't know Europe. Okay, yeah, yeah got yeah. it, gotcha. I, England, yeah. okay, close wow. to London. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a super fancy experience, and I was so excited because um, they they were down for me to go. But like, it was like something that like I knew was like a stretch. You know, it was kind of a stretch for my family to send me there, and and everyone else that was going, it was just like I think just like a very normal thing to do for mm. the summer. Um, oh wow. But then when I, so when I got there, you know, like the big, I like start, I met all these kids and it was like always this thing of, I always felt like the new kid and I was always just trying to ingratiate myself. And it was all these kids, namely like kind of like wealthy white kids from like the suburbs of New York going to this camp. And immediately it became clear that the number one thing everyone wanted to do was go to bars because the drinking age is 18 and we were 16 and it felt so close, you know, like Mm. it was like, it was like different than what it felt like drinking would be like in the U.S. We still felt like that was going to be so far away. That was something you got to do in college. But in Europe, you get to do it like when you're like a teenager still. So it felt right. like we could sneak into a bar and get away with it. Right. Um, but like the number one thing that the program, the people that ran the program told us when we first got there was that if anyone was caught drinking, they were going to be sent home right away. Okay. <laughs> like they were like, no questions asked. Like if you even like, if we even see you like near alcohol, like we're just like getting rid of you right away. And I was kind of like, in retrospect, I'm kind of like, these kids' parents are paying for them to be there. Like it's like a pretty like, um, pretty draconian set of like kind of uh, 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 terms to put on these kids who like basically are paying for you camp counselors to also be here. Um, but basically, yeah, they were like really kind of strict about it right away. But of course, like all the kids and like were interested in it, or were just trying to figure out how to like, how to do it anyway. Right. Like, cause this was like such an opportunity. We were like out of our parents' home for like the summer and right. we were like in Europe and it was such a big deal. Um, and I was just like, you know, constantly, I mean, I do like, I was just like, kind of, I, I just wanted to like, kind of be a part of it and be like, kind of with the cool kids. And so we ended up like sneaking out and going to a bar and, um, and 
it was like a bar, like I think like it's like maybe like a 10 minute walk from where the campus was. I think we all had gone out to dinner and then like that was like under the auspice of that. We just like snuck around the corner to this bar. And um, and I remember like we were just like around at a table, like someone ordered a few beers. We all were like holding these beers. We were all going to like try beer for the first time. It was like the biggest deal in the world. And then like right when I was about to sip that first beer, the counselors for this program walked into the bar. They all like busted us like at that moment. Oh. And they saw me holding, uh, holding the bottle. Mm. So when they like busted us and we all got like carted back to the campus and they singled out me and this one other girl who they saw holding, there were two of us holding a bottle. They singled out me and this other girl as being the examples of the group and brought us into like a back room and told us we were getting sent home. And it was like the most like insane like, I couldn't imagine this level of transgression. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, ever, my parents ever finding out about something like this. Like, this felt like, if I got kicked out of this program for drinking, like, I, it just was so, I was, like, the kind of kid that just, like, I just never went out. Like, I just, like, was always at home watching TV, watching movies with my sister. Like, I just did not, I was 16 years old and had never, had never even, like, really been to a party, let alone been around alcohol, you know? So you so, didn't like, even drink the beer yet oh no i hadn't even drunk the beer i had it in my hand okay um but like they and that was the thing i was like oh so close to like actually trying beer and then like i got caught um but uh but yeah so then um so then they yeah they basically they basically told me and this other girl who i remember like she had this like long red hair and she kind of like looked like Lindsay Lohan. Like she looked like a beautiful, like she looked like a movie star. Um, but that was, there was just like the people I were around, they all felt that way. They all felt like they had that kind of glitter and mm-hmm. sheen. And, um, and she, and then they, and then they pulled her aside and told her that she was getting sent home. And I remember being in the hallway with her and she was like crying hysterically. And I felt the same way. I was just like so terrified about what like was going to happen when my parents found out that I got, um, got kicked out of this program. And, uh, and got sent home, like what was going to happen when they found out I was flying home the next day. And she was also similarly like just kind of like unraveling in real time. And she started, she, and she was bawling. And then she finally, she, she, was, she started saying, she started crying about the fact that like, that uh, she, that now at, when her parents hear about this, she's never going to get a car. She was going to get a car when she goes home and she was just oh, like, dang. I'm never, oh, I'm never going to get a car now. And I was just like, Bitch, my parents' American dream is literally going to be shattered, <laughs> and you're worried about not getting a car. <laughs> right, like right. I didn't, I don't like I, that was the thing. Is like I don't like I was existentially falling apart because I thought that this meant that like I wasn't going to get into college. I thought that like everything my parents had worked for was just going to fall apart like right before their eyes because like I got sent home from like a fancy summer camp for drinking, and like it was just the most devastating. Like I, I was completely. Yeah, like I felt like the consequences for me were so much bigger, you know, than like, and it it made me realize in that moment that this girl, this girl probably actually had the right perspective. Like she was just not going to get a car. And when I went home, I ended up, so the basically the 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 kind of the the short of the long is I I went home and and completely denied the whole thing to my parents. I told them like I wasn't at a bar. Like all of this is all made up. Like it just like I didn't Mm. even. I like I I told them I didn't even like I had no interest in alcohol at all. Like that I would never like even be near it. And to this day, I've never really told them that I did order a beer and I was about to drink the beer. Um, but like, you know, and they of course like believed me and they thought it was the program's fault for being like completely, um, overly like kind of, uh, yeah, overly dramatizing a situation that wasn't even like about that, which it was a little bit, but, um, but yeah. So what was the official like 
notice of being sent home that they gave your parents? They called them. Yeah, and then I talked to them on the phone too. Okay, um, so let's, if we could. So so the school's like, Mira Maynon is, uh, uh, we got to send her home because she was drinking. Yeah, yeah. And then what did you, how did you convince your parents that that's not true? Like what? I, I mean, I think I just told them that, that that is the part I'm a little fuzzy. I think I just told them that like we were at a restaurant that had alcohol and mm. that other kids had ordered beer and I was just at that table. You know, I think okay. that was what I... Um, so, and I think to this, I would never like tell them really, it's kind of like, I never really told them that I like lived with Paul before we got engaged. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I mean, eventually like they got like, I, I, they, they sort of knew, but like I, I kept it secret for a really long time because <laughs> it's like this like secrets thing, you know, with yeah. like when you're like, when you're just trying to be like that perfect kid living up to your parents, like dream of coming to this what? country. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that kind of well first uh, not a boring story uh as you advertised because um, well, I, I was just like man i was so lame that that was like the biggest thing was like kind of like the fact that i almost like sipped a beer <laughs> that was like the biggest transgression well, i made I, at age 16 no nah, but you know like <laughs> i think we can get into this because it, it goes a little deeper because uh well first um i think you should pitch this to the cw yeah right and you should shakespeare ha- summer camps and you should hire me to be a to, writer on to the show. write it yeah i mean the kids are like they were the best looking kids i'd ever oh, been so around cw and know? then here comes this <laughs> yeah. brown kid yeah. from you know not the same town yeah yeah wrong side of the tracks uh just uh, just desperately trying to like convince these teachers to cast me as like the juliet i think we did midsummer night's dream actually and oh i was like God. i pit, i like tried to angle myself into the in front of them and be like i swear i'm the i'm like I'm the face of like what the romantic lead looks like. And I think I got cast as like a fairy or something like it was just like not going to happen. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> and of course, the girl with the long red hair, or like some version of that, like kind of like that was the person they cast as the lead. You know? let's, let's not give everyone all the milk from the cow. Like, let's let's put this into development and get, yeah. get, get this, get your this show. show. Yeah. I actually think there is something there. <laughs> That's why I'm saying we gotta we gotta just yeah, you know like a theater camp. We gotta we gotta we gotta yeah. t- uh, just the mirror men in story really. Oh, just my story uh, just from it. the period of like you know fifteen to eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just desperately trying to do right, to, like kind of just play it the way the rich kids. Did. So so yeah. yeah, I guess this is the I guess this is the freestyle two storytellers making up stuff. So yeah, yeah. We start on. <laughs> Mirror Men in present day, just yeah. wrapping up a, a shot from some kind of movie or TV show, right? Where you're zombies like, are involved. You're in a zombie show, <laughs> and then you just call cut. Yeah. You deal with some kind of actor thing. Yeah. Then like you look down and you see a playbill flyer of like uh, right uh, some Shakespeare show. Yeah. The one you were the Midnight's Midsummer Night's Midnight Dream. Dream. Yeah. Then flashback, and then you see the little glittery stuff to you at sixteen. And, and like being punished for this thing that like I no, barely did. No, you start earlier. You start you first day at the school. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you're trying to get into the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I just remember there you the go. thing is the reason it's such a powerful memory is that I remember. I just I must have been totally that kind of like um, great expectations kind of like Dickens. It like my my binoculars into this experience was kind of Dickensian. I think because every single I remember the clothes that each girl was wearing. I remember the yeah. stores they told me they bought them from. I remember like this one girl was dating this other guy that was there and they would like 
hold hands and and to go get her like dried apricots from her dorm room because she loved dried apricots like all these details were so are so salient I think because I really was that maybe that kind of like um you know Nick Carraway kind of in like kind of that kind of uh, had that POV into the experience of like the of the outsider at least it felt that way but then you I mean who knows I wonder if I like went back in time and asked any of those kids how they felt about the experience whether every it was just because that's the thing about theater kids and art art school kids they're all outsiders of their own experience in some way um so I'm sure I wasn't alone in feeling that way but there was a little bit of a socioeconomic thing like these were definitely the rich kids and I was like you know, uh, and we're in the middle class well, and, yeah. and race too. And race, it was entirely white. And that's yeah. something I, it's so funny. That's always the thing I like kind of footnote, but that is clearly like a huge part of it. Like in, Indian kids didn't go to like summer camps like that. Like we, you know, like we weren't sent away on these yeah. fancy kind of things. Like it was a cultural I, thing for sure too. Yeah. No, I, I knew some Indian American kids where I grew up. Yeah. yeah, didn't go to Shakespeare camp. Yeah, I could just for sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Like that was a lobbying yeah. effort on my part to convince um, my parents of the merit of doing something like that. It was like that with swim class. It's like there's all these like very typical white suburban things that like I had to lobby to con- get them to consider signing me up for. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the one thing I wanted to, to touch on, I uh, as we kind of start to to close out, is um, just the, the whole idea of like the American dream. Yeah. You know, as it relates to, you know, people of color. Yeah. But I can go even more specific as it relates to Asian Americans. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're Indian American. I'm... It's in Asia. Yeah, it is in Asia. <laughs> yeah, let's shout out. Shout out shout to out Asia. To, shout out to India. Uh, <laughs> you know, the the idea of like, I think what was so striking of that story is that, you know, like, I mean, jokingly, you're like this girl that was going to get kicked out worried about not getting a car. Yeah. But you worried about destroying everything your family had worked to create for you and the ramifications of that for them. Yeah. And I think that's like a very real feeling that maybe... You just like carry on your shoulders. Yeah. You know? I think that's why the story also stuck out to me and the reason it feels like a confessional to even like... If I ever told my parents, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I, I was really looking to party then. <laughs> yeah, like I can't, yeah, because I can't speak on, you know, second, yeah. third, fourth generation Asian Americans. Yeah. But, you know, this is very much like a sort of a first gen where yeah. your parents come here, then you're born soon after, right? So you're yeah. sort of like the person that's most ingrained in American culture. Yeah. And like sometimes you're more American than you're more your actual heritage, you know, that kind of thing. So totally. yeah. So you're almost like the sort of the, the translator or like the the facilitator of American culture to your parents. To, right. Yeah, like so, educating them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you're mm-hmm. actually showing them how America is like that, you know, and perhaps future generations don't have to deal with that because their parents are already ingrained enough in the society right but um you know yeah i just i thought it was interesting that you or someone like in your position would actually think your whole world's going to be just blown up right right i mean that was the thing is like i felt like if uh yeah if i had like kind of failed their expect and, and it's not even like they put those expectations on me overtly or or that yeah like that it, there was any um that there were any rules around this stuff. I think it was just, there weren't any rules around like, um, around drinking, around partying, around any of this stuff, because it was just, that was so beyond like, I mean, the rules were around like what, like 
what grades to get and like what like you know sure. what what how to like kind of excel or like kind of just academically enough to get into the school I wanted to yeah. get into you know like that was like and and, and it's like this kind of stuff I just like never even like I didn't traffic in it at all to the extent that like my my parents I think it would have been unfathomable to them that like if I had actually like um if I had actually kind of acted out in that way but that's the thing you don't know your boundaries with your parents until you test them and I think I was always like a kid that like um that didn't really test them that much, you know? So, like, the thought the thought of the stress test of this on them, like, I was really worried that, like, yeah, exactly that, that, like, everything would unravel and that, like, I, I would, like, kind of be... I would have failed, you know, in some yeah. way, you know? Yeah. Um, so, can we... I mean, yeah, I just... I think just it's kind of interesting to hear from a fellow Asian-American that, like, you know, it, mm-hmm. like sure, you have to get good grades and stuff and all that, and there was that pressure, but there, it like kind of runs a little deeper. Yeah, it's yeah. like a function of you building off of what your parents did. Yeah, because you know where they started. Yeah, you yeah. saw it, right? Well, it's something you're told from day one, right? It's like this yeah. kind of this myth you grow up with from day one that like they sacrifice so much for you to be here and have these opportunities and you're constantly like kind of and, you, and we'd go back to India all the time growing up and we'd constantly see our lives compared to our cousins lives and just like yeah. you know the fact that I even got to go to sh- like yeah like the fact that like I got to like spend all my time in high school in like theater productions and like musicals and like and do like and do the arts you know even like kind of express and engage in or kind of get to engage this passion I had for the arts was such like a a privilege of like the kind of liberal arts system like system our education is kind of wrapped around here that like all of that stuff just felt like such I was so aware of the privilege inherent in all of that stuff from day one because my because my parents didn't have that my cousins didn't have access to those things you know yeah so you wear that pressure I think that that mantle of that pressure I think pretty heavily for a long time as a kid or I did yeah yeah Yeah, I mean just it just it runs a little bit deeper than what you see on television sometimes with the classic like oh just get straight A's da 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 like it's all fun and comedic, but there's yeah. like a deeper thing to it if you think about it. The grades oh. thing is such an easy way to kind of semiotic, like kind of position this, you know, and I, and I kind of went there immediately, but it is deeper. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me, uh, let me close out with uh, a little breaking. Yeah. Just things. break, just breaking my gear. Uh, you have insurance? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> let me think this is. I, I just didn't want to leave this nugget hangling, hanging because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something that came up as you were just, bantering uh so Sorry about my crying dog you got a crying dog in an undisclosed location <laughs> undisclosed uh just before we go i just i just got to quickly hear okay so your parents didn't know you were living with your now <laughs> your now husband initially yeah i moved i did the move first and then okay and then kind of uh, slowly keyed them in after we got engaged basically <laughs> once I felt like I could also kind of I could attach that security to them knowing <laughs> that like we were living together like yeah but we're also going to be married so it'll be fine <laughs> is that is that kind of the reason then kind yeah. of kind of just so then they get shocked and then you're like oh but I'm engaged so we'll get married and they're like oh okay yeah yeah exactly or like yeah I forget if it was like what came first whether they knew we were engaged and then I told them yeah no I think they knew we were engaged and then I told them um yeah I mean that was uh yeah I mean I think that was that thing too of just being nervous about you know what it is it's a combination of being nervous about their expectations and their accept but like they've always been very cool eventually with like everything with my choice in career with my choice in partner with everything yeah um but like uh 
But I think part of it is that and then like being worried about like what they have to say to other people, right? Like it's like my mom and dad would probably be cool, but if they have to tell that auntie about like where I'm living in that situation, if they're like if they get caught by someone else, you know, like what that how that would reflect on them, mm. you know? So yeah, it's like yeah. out of born out of both like nervousness about their reaction, but also protection, you know? Yeah. Um, and wanting to feel protective. Cause like also, you know, I married someone that's not Indian, you know? So like, vi- like down the road, I also knew that choice would also kind of say things to the community and I wanted to protect them from whatever that was, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff wrapped up in this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, not boring. it's not boring at all. I think sometimes, you know, you yourself, think you're boring yeah because right. I, I i think that about myself yeah a lot but I, I have like a bit of a self-loathing streak you know so i do think yeah. i don't think highly of myself sometimes but uh that was not boring at all i think that was very interesting Thanks, we were probably uh to any um hollywood producers out there uh, mira and i are probably going to go out on yeah to pitch this uh yeah. this, this it was called the cambridge tradition the Jeez. summer camp so like God, it's the title. title writes itself. Yeah, title. actually, I think you're right, Dave. There might be something here. <laughs> uh, they might want some kind of like Indian word in that title, the Cambridge tradition, just right, to be right. like, oh, it's about an Indian person, right, like, right, right, <laughs> without getting too racist. Yeah, without getting too racist. I can only think of racist <laughs> ways to ti- racist way to title that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look at, look for that show coming out, uh, in a couple years, in a couple of years, you know, it's, it's real easy. They're looking, <laughs> we're going to cast, uh, Asians are can you, can right you, now. do you know, do you know, uh, Frida Pinto? Do I know her? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, do you know a famous actress? Um, I, I uh, I don't, but I will. I'm happy to just tweet at her until she responds. Yeah. To although this she's she, although she's probably actually a little probably a little too old to play a high school kid at this point. Oh, you're thinking for the high school part? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. could play. We'll reach out to her. We to need play. like a Frito Pinto type, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, actually, anybody. But sure, I just thought of her because she's like a, yeah, a yeah. known Indian American actress. Yeah, it's true. You could, uh, you know, you could you could probably do some cleanup and post and make her look 20 years younger. She can she can play present day you, <laughs> and then you flash back to the to the kid. You're just yeah. That's 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 because she's probably approach. she's expensive, right? So she probably can only work a day or two. So yeah, then you have right. her in the present day right. scene. So you can like block shoot all of her stuff. Look at this Hollywood talk. And then, <laughs> and then uh, release her, and then just focus on a bunch of unknowns. Right, you know? cast a, a an up and coming, yeah, high school aged uh, Indian American actress to play the lead. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the version of me when I was sixteen that thought I wanted to be an actress, but now there's actually an opportunity because we're creating those opportunities as Asian yeah. American content oh creators. I'm proud of us. And then <laughs> Lindsay Lohan to play the other girl because <laughs> she's timeless and ageless. No, she could play like. The, there could be a present day thing when you're yeah. working with Lohan. Oh, yeah. And, then and you, she was the girl. And then you're like, hey, remember the time back in high school? Oh, yeah. yeah and I didn't get my car. And yeah, then, yeah. Like, it's like, did you ever get that car? And she yeah. still got that car. Hands down, that girl got that car anyway. Right? <sighs> I wonder what car a car was. I, th- I, don't, I know, exactly. Like, it was just so amazing to me that her parents were going to buy her a car. Like, I mean, I knew, like, when I got a driver's license, I'd probably get to drive my dad's car once in yep. a while. But, like, the thought of someone getting yep. gifted a car at 16 before they even had a license, like, when she got it, she was getting her permit. I was like, oh, man, that is... 
that's, yeah. the, that's that shit that you see on Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I took over my dad's like car that he was unloading when I was like 22 or something. Right. That was like, fi- I finally, I finally had like a car. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I never got yeah. my own car. You're being gifted a car. Uh, yeah. Well, great. I think that there's a lot of great professional aspirations that have come out of this episode for myself, which is what I look for. <laughs> and job opportunities uh, for myself but uh i want to thank the not boring mira menon uh, Manon. 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 yeah Manon. i really uh, do think you're right about this being a show anyway you got contact let's just make it work let's i need just make it work. I, I need it happens right when this <laughs> airs yeah when this podcast airs i probably still need a job so let's let's make this work for let's me. make it happen this uh, is how we'll do it cool uh, well, thank you, Mira, for doing this, and Thanks, uh, we will talk soon. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com, or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold@gmail.com. at gmail.com. <laughs>